0: I am Pastor Corrine of Senior Pastor at Anderson First United Methodist Church. Thank you for listening to our worship service today. If you want to learn more about this church, visit our website at AndersonFirst.org. Have a blessed day and enjoy the message.
1: Our lesson this morning is from Matthew uh, chapter 7 verses 1 to 6. Please stand, if you're able. (coughs) Do not judge others, and you will not be judged, for you will be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. And why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? (coughs) How can you say, think of saying to your friend, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye? Hypocrite, first get rid of the log in your own eye. Then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. Don't waste what is holy on people who are unholy. Don't throw it. They will trample the pearls, then turn and attack you. This is the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks Thanks be to God. God.
0: This morning as we continue our series, our game for today is Apples to Apples. And you have a description in your bulletin because what I found is this kind of fell into a category of games. It's a little bit newer and yet some generations have never played board games and other generations that have played board games, this is kind of a newer one out that they haven't quite picked up on yet. So there is a description there of apples to apples and how to play. But basically apples and apples is a card game. And you will notice that there are many, 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 many more red cards than there are green cards, right? And so in the card game, what we have is a judge who will select a green card. And on that green card is a word with a description of that word. The rest of the table have red cards that have been dealt to them, a certain number of red cards, and they're holding those so that no one else can see their red cards. And the judge in the game will lay down the green card and read it. For example, the word might be profound. Well, then the other players have to look in their hand of red cards and choose a card that might fit the word profound and now you're limited in the number of cards that you have so for the word profound you might get something like brains breakfast burrito (laughs) board games Canadians (laughs) and the judge has to decide out of those selections without knowing who turned in what card which one they choose is most appropriate for their word Another word might be important, it might be the Nile River was turned in, uh, the Nile River, um, socks would be another one that could be turned in for that, Leonardo da Vinci maybe someone turned in. And so the game goes, judge gets to choose then which one is most important. That they desire. And so basically, the judge of this game uh, gets to decide who wins or loses that round. And ultimately, the judges of the game decide ultimately who is the winner and who are the losers of the game. And the winner is the one with the most red cards. You see, when the judge selects your card, unbeknownst to them that that's your card, you get to keep that card. And the one that has the most red cards at the end of the game is the winner. They're the one chosen most by the judge. But the judge changes. Every hand, there is a different judge. So everybody that's playing the game gets to have the role of judge in the game. And so it goes. Well, there's a few things about game. One is that judge determines who's the winner or loser. And the other is everyone judges. Now there's kind of a reality check in that for us. Right? One, when we judge, we are saying we know who is in and who is out. Who wins and who loses. We could even go as far as saying... God can use this person, but definitely not this one. That's dangerous. That's not what we are called to do. The other reality check of this is everyone judges. Every one of us does it to some extent. And you're saying, now, Pastor I make decisions every moment of every day of my life. Yes, I'm going to judge, right? Yes, that is important to do. We have to make decisions and we have to decide different things. Jesus went so far as to even say, We have freedom of choice. We are to decide for ourselves the good that we want in our lives, the good that we want to produce with our lives, and we want to choose for God. We get to decide that. That means that we get to decide what we believe is not for good and not for God. And John Wesley, our father of our tradition of faith, would say we do that by looking to Scripture, to our tradition, to reason, to experience. And that's how we determine what is good and what is for God, with Scripture being primary. And so we do make choices. However this scripture would probably be best translated according to the Greek original by not saying do not judge, but do not condemn. Because you see, when we begin to speak for God about others, we usually get it wrong. Our judging skills are not so good. A real extreme example of that comes to us from a judge, uh, Judge Rozak, from Juliet, Illinois. Last year a case came out, was reported in the paper, as many articles do come out, different events in the paper. And what happened there was a gentleman by the name of Clifton Williams traveled to Juliet, Illinois to be present for his cousin's sentencing. And so the cousin was in the midst of that sentencing at his trial. And Clifton yawned during the sentencing when the judge was speaking. And Judge Rozak charged him with contempt of court and six months in jail. Because under his judgment, that was a disruption of justice by yawning. Interestingly enough, the cousin only got probation. (laughs) Now, it was argued and later reduced to just a matter of days when it was argued that a yawn is an involuntary act and can't be controlled. (laughs) But see, we get judging wrong. And Jesus was saying also how ridiculous it is when we try. I mean, he used the example of the log and the speck in eyes. Can you imagine someone that has a visibly big obstruction in their eye trying to remove a splinter size obstruction from someone else? That's how wrong we get it. It's impossible to do. Ridiculous sounding. And Jesus' illustration was meant to be ridiculous sounding. There was a television show that came out in 2016. It was on NBC for a very short time. It was called The Good Place. I I never watched it. I don't know if any of the rest of you did. um, But how I understand the show went, the premise of the show was that you earned your way to the good place. And only the top 10 out of 10,000 people made it in. Uh, The Good Place was a place that you went after death. And the whole show was based on the fact that Eleanor found herself, after she died, in The Good Place. But Eleanor was actually a really awful person. And so the whole show was Michael, the keeper of the good place, watching with Eleanor the highlights of Eleanor's life, determining whether she could be in the good place or not. And preface to being in the good place and preface to um, watching all the highlights of her life, she received a questionnaire And on the questionnaire, there were questions like, did you ever commit murder? We get that right. Did you ever, uh, were you ever charged with arson? Did you ever commit arson? Did you ever reheat fish in the office microwave? (laughs) Was one of the questions. Did you ever take your socks and shoes off in an airplane? Another one of the questions. So you can see how ridiculous sounding our judgment can be. Fortunately or unfortunately, none of us deserves to be in that good place. To be in what we would call the kingdom of God or heaven. We don't deserve that. Fortunately for us, God has provided a way for us to enter the good place as a gift to us through Jesus Christ. We don't earn it, we are gifted it and can receive that gift. So you see we have this wonderful gift that we are to receive. Received through Christ. And you may say, well, we are, what about evangelizing? What about sharing this news with other people? I mean, we get judgment so wrong. Aren't we supposed to share certain truths and and impose those on others? Absolutely not. Now you think, you're a pastor. How can you say that? <laughs> Isn't that your job, Right? <laughs> Impose is the key word there. You see, God offers us a gift and offers is the key. God allows us to choose that. And in our scripture this morning, we have the illustration of the dogs and the pigs who simply trample and reject the gift that they are given and might even turn and attack. You see, what Jesus was saying there is the illustration is that dogs and pigs, pigs we know for the Jewish people, for Jesus' people, were unclean animals. You just didn't get around them, you didn't touch them. They were the rejects. And in those days, dogs were not man's best friend either. (laughs) They were rejects because they ate what they scavenged, they ate dead animals. And so they were unclean as well. They were rejects. They were out there. And what Jesus is illustrating is that in the illustration, these are the ones who don't have, who have not received the good news of Jesus Christ and may even, like he illustrates with the pigs, may even reject them, may even trample on them. You see, God doesn't force heaven on anybody. God doesn't force salvation on anyone. God offers it as a gift. We are also to offer the gift to others. We don't impose. We don't force it. On anyone we plant the seeds and hope that the example of love will open the door for them to understand not only how we receive them but how our God receives them even more fully than we possibly can and so out of love we offer what we offer to others rather than out of judgment and trying to condemn and force this on someone else. You see, this idea goes clear through Matthew. Matthew, this is the Matthew 7, our passage today, is the third chapter of the Sermon on the Mount, beginning with um, chapter 5 in Matthew. We have all of these Uh, different pieces of the Sermon on the Mount, and this is part of it. The entire Sermon on the Mount basically is, the theme is, what does a life look like in a right relationship with God? And one of the things, it does not condemn others. That's what it looks like. It acts out of love rather than out of condemnation. This is one of the things the United Methodist Church is grappling with right now. Very current for us. It's alive and well. This very piece of judging others, condemning others. And that's why I ask your prayers for our annual conference. We have another general conference coming up in 2020. And our progression of the United Methodist Church has been within my lifetime growing up in the church. My father, as a United Methodist pastor, I grew up while I was born while we were in a parsonage. (laughs) So I've been there my entire life. And initially, the church said, oh, God could never call and use anyone that was divorced. Ever. And then decided God could call and use the people who have been divorced, have experienced that tragic event in their life. And then later on in my lifetime, the church said God would never call or use women, ever, and the church decided, eh, you know, God could call and use women. You see, there are seven passages in the New Testament, all written by, mostly by Paul in the New Testament. None of them come from Jesus that say women should not be in leadership, especially leadership of the church. So it's in the Bible, seven passages But the church said those are contextual. Those are passages appropriate for Paul in his context, and I would totally agree with that. There are some today who still take that literally. I'm grateful that you do not. (laughs) But what the church is grappling with now is the issue of homosexuality saying God would never call or use anyone that has homosexual tendencies or is practicing homosexuality ever. There are three passages in the New Testament, again, from Paul none of them from Jesus, about homosexuality. But this time, our denomination has drawn a line and said, nope, God would never call or use anyone that's homosexual. Jesus, on the other hand, in Matthew alone not the entire four gospels but in Matthew alone says all 21 times in the context of all people to love all people to receive his message all people to be used by God and we have in our one of our favorite most acclaimed passages in John 3:16 and 17, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son. Did you hear that? For God so loved the world. For God so loves all. Not the world except, but all the world. That he gave his only Son. And then in 17, He did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world. He did not send his son to condemn anyone, but to save the world, to save all through him. Pretty explicit in my mind. So I ask you to pray. You see, we live in a culture that is seeking non-judgmental people, but people that will behave as our God behaves and loves one another into the message of Jesus Christ. So much so that one woman in uh, Brooklyn, New York is capitalizing on this. Her name is Nina Kenley. She has a website if you want to check her out. For $40 an hour, you can rent a mom. She is a rented mom. What she said is she has discovered that there's a lot of people out there who, because of distance, either geographical distance or distance in a relationship, or just a mom that's disinterested in their lives, seeks to have that mother figure in their life. She charges $40 an hour. She will bake a pie with you. She will teach you how to sew. She will help you learn how to sort your laundry. Or she will just sit and listen. And in bold, on her website, she says, no judgment included. That's what people are desperate for, to receive the love of Jesus Christ. So I invite you this week to prayerfully consider the way that you treat others and have the courage to love rather than condemn.